Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. Our guest today is illustrator Sean O'Reilly. Sure. Hey. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Really good me. to have you. Uh, so you're going to talk about something which I should have watched when it came out, but I didn't actually watch it until yesterday. School of Rock. Yeah. So why did you pick School of Rock? Well, because like, I would like listen to the show and try right. to figure out what my thing would be. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, for a long time, I was like, maybe The Simpsons. But I don't feel like I'm the voice of authority on that yet. <laughs> yeah. We will never just... do a Simpsons episode. <laughs> <laughs> Besides when we landed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But like yeah. a re... A, I think it would have to be like a live one or something. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or a panel. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like... I think it was on at Easter. And I just kind of realized like, ha, huh, this is my 14th viewing. <laughs> and I think I tweeted that at all. And he was like, well, you've got to come on. Like, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. 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 Kind of, there's nothing... In a weird way, there's nothing else that I'm as much of an authority on. <laughs> really? This movie, yeah, so, um, did you see it in the cinema or were you... Yeah. You did, okay. Yeah, so it came out in 2003. Yeah. I was 11. Okay. I went to see it with uh, my three cousins. It was my cousin David's birthday. He's like maybe 14 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have a music taste, you know? Yeah. I was kind of too young. I hadn't developed it yet. I think I had like a Guns N' Roses best of maybe. Like yeah. Nirvana. Who has um, music at that age though, really? Right. Like, well, it's yeah. all the thing early, is, like, early, early I was playing guitar though. Yeah, but I was doing like classical guitar. Ah, um, okay. My aunt, I guess, like kind of. It's all falling into place now. Well, <laughs> you know, I was thinking on the way here, like it's kind of yeah. funny when people try and retroactively point at things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my house was made of bricks, and that's kind of why I became an engineer. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't I entered building. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't think it's a case of that. Okay. Um, kind of a happy coincidence, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was you know that movie kind of introduced me to rock music in a way. Yeah, I kind of heard a lot of those songs for the first time. You know, mm-hmm. that was cool. Yeah, yeah, because the, the, a lot of those songs don't get played on the radio. Like they're from like there's loads of seventies stuff obviously on like radio when you're around, but all that kind of like what are some examples of bands on the soundtrack? Uh, like Motorhead, ACDC, yeah, uh, Led Zeppelin. I'm not, I'm not like a huge fan of any mm-hmm. of them, but like there are certain songs you know like maybe ACDC's biggest. Songs yeah, or whatever. That's just like people kind of know, and it like shaped maybe. The pandemic. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're definitely a phase. They're like a launchpad. Yeah, for exactly. A lot of people, I think. Which is what it was. I think most teen boys have a Led Zeppelin phase. Mm-hmm. They have like Led Zeppelin, Radiohead, or Doors phase. Wow. And and you only have one of those. I is think. that your alignment chart? I think it is actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think mine might have been Led Zeppelin. Though. Yeah, and I was radio. Yeah. I was Radiohead. Wow, okay. yeah, mine yeah. was Doors. So. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. I went through a very serious Jim Morrison period in, my, in school, but uh, that's hilarious. It is an alignment chart. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. So, were you like, like, so describe what about the film that you liked for the first time? Like, what? I pretty much didn't know what it was or okay. what it was going to be. So, I, I think I was like in my aunt's house, and mm. they were like, "Okay, we're going to see this movie for David's birthday." I said, "Okay," and then I went. Yeah. And Pure experience. Yeah, yeah. Just didn't know what to expect. Didn't know I was going to love it so much. Mm. Um. It's sort of just become one of my favorite movies. It's like uplifting, right? And it's like pleasant. And it's. It, yeah, it really is. I, as I said, I watched it for the first time. I think I didn't watch it at the time because I was such a big Jack Black fan. Mm-hmm. And the consensus around it seemed to be at the time because I'm. How old was I when it came out? I was 19, I think. 19, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, so was that this is kind of Jack Black gone mainstream? Mm-hmm. But, now you, but now if you look and after High Fidelity, I think, which is like... Oh, yeah. But I think School Rock is like distilled. It's like the purest expression of Jack Black more than any other thing. It's just him being fully himself, unconstrained by right. anybody else's story. Mm. He can just... Because it's, it's about... It's about like being Jack Black, pretty much what the film is about. Yeah. I don't so, know if you... There's like a 
25 minute behind the scenes like making of oh yeah which yeah. I love that kind of stuff I mean, yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. Part maybe is why I like the movie so much as well because they had a really great mm-hmm. DVD extras but uh, yeah just like forget about his movie his like energy in the actual movie yeah. but just like behind the scenes when he's just goofing around it's like where does this guy get like that energy you know mm-hmm. it's like it seems like he's super like in, well, not, not intense that's not the right word that's like a negative word but I think intense can be, there, there are rare instances in this world where intense can be actually remarkable. Well, it's like remarkable. Yeah, Honestly, yeah, yeah. watching him like do his thing. Um, and because like you're a little bit older than I am, I, I didn't know who Jack Black was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had no like prior knowledge going I in. I saw Tenacious D in the Olympia. Wow. Did you? Yeah. Was this how long ago? Uh, 800 years. No, um, <laughs> what age was I? I was still in school. Uh, it was probably like 2002, 2003. Would was it their yeah. own headline show? Yeah, oh, yeah that's cool. It was them. Uh, they were su- they were supported by the Warlords of Pez. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, they were they wore costumes, didn't they? They were like they an did. Irish, they were like the Irish Guar kind of. They were oh. fucking nuts. They yeah. were amazing, and we couldn't find anything by them ever because it's totally like sort of Napster days. So yeah, mm. two thousand one ish, and uh, we went to see uh, them in the Olympia, and I guess we kind of weirdly like that was one of those totemic weird albums that didn't really fall into music it was comedy it was something else yeah, yeah. It, was oh, it was it was huge i remember i bought it on my 18th birthday mm. which was 2002 um so yeah but i remember um in college it was like a table a table quiz mm-hmm. and it was like one of them was like finished the next line of the song and um fucker gently was the song oh god and so they did like the first line and then Everybody at the table was sang the rest of the song. Yeah, you just murmur it together. Everybody knew it. Yeah, it was really amazing that this album, this weird comedy album about like weed and boners and devils yeah. and rock music as a high concept instead of an. Thing. I used to watch MTV2 just leave it on all day in the hope of seeing the video for Tribute oh that it would God. come so he's played a good bit but not enough Yeah. so he's just leave on MTV2 just hoping Tribute would come on at some I point kind of missed all this yeah, like, yeah. Sorry, my this is like older sl- cousins had the album and like played it yeah. but oh, I think I was a bit too young and I think I'd like, say you were yeah. when they no but <laughs> yeah. like even when they cursed on the album I kind of was like oh no oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know about that yeah. I yeah. shied away yeah, from yeah. it it's not yeah. you know but that's um, the odd difference that two or three years can make, yeah, right? Yeah. Is that your Jack Black is School of Rock Jack Black. Yeah. And ours is Tenacious D. That's wild. Right? Yeah. And it's literally just a matter of months nearly when it yeah. comes and down. I'm like so aware of the fact that like your viewing of a movie changes when you've got that context. It's mm. mm. so, like, you know, you grow older maybe and learn a bit more about somebody and then you watch it again. You're like, ah, oh, you know. Yeah. But going um, to it pure mm. is kind of luckier for that do you know what I mean yeah. like mm. you're not coming out yeah, of for that's for your first Jack Black experience oh wow instead of it's it's irony Jack Black or yeah, yeah. it's not irony but yeah. it appears to be irony Jack mm. Black you know I like I watched it this week to prepare and that was my 15th viewing yeah. and I watched it in a different way than I ever had before mm. and I realised that the previous 14 viewings I was never trying to analyse it it was all mm. my childhood mm. mindset of, yeah, yeah. Know, this, is, this movie is great I love it you know um so yeah, I've, I held on to that vision of Jack Black my whole life yeah. almost because that is how I view that movie, you know? Because it's weird that like, I was looking up his IMDb and he hasn't been doing like a much high profile stuff really in the last 10 years at all. Yeah. It's all been little like bits of drunk history and like, he has like, he's a Twitch streamer now. Yeah, he, I think I think him and his kid have a YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He's Oof. following the Will Smith. What I love about his Twitch stream is like, you know, obviously most Twitch... The, the, the standard way you do Twitch is you have like a picture in picture. You, you stream on Twitch, you know yes. this. Instead, he has a green screen set up around his face oh, wow. and green screens in the game around his face instead. Oh my God. Which is a, an impressive level of attention to um, 
keeping it Hollywood. Amazing which, high concept. <laughs> but also yeah. totally keeping it Tenacious D as well because right, that's yeah. such a Tenacious D movie. I expect yeah. nothing less. Right, yeah. you right. know? <laughs> that's like high level. Mm-hmm. So, when you saw it for the first time, what what about it happened to you? Like, what was the oh, the sticking factor aside from the fact that it's an experience of pure joy? Mm-hmm. But what was the thing that snared? I think I didn't know anything about rock and roll and it made it seem real cool. Mm. And... I was thinking about it this week, like the way it presented it was like there's several moments throughout the movie where he, you know, tells the kid what tells the kids what rock and roll is about, where he's mm. like, it's not about getting wasted. It's not about, you know, money or he's asking mm. them going around the class and all the kids are like giving what they think, you know, yeah, rock yeah. and roll is about. And he's like, no, it's about sticking it to the man. And like, I don't know, it kind of took rock and roll and presented it to kids, but didn't make it any less cool. Yeah, you know, it's like it was a really, still like defiant and like, it's like a really idealized version and, of rock. Yeah, yeah. which is like. I, I got a lot to say about this movie. Like, <laughs> where do I begin? Um, I, one of the things I only kind of realized is like just how childish Dewey Finn is as a character. Yeah. And I kind of only realized on the 15th viewing when I was in like, when I was like trying to analyze it, that a lot of the adults, when he's kind of trying to bullshit them, like don't, they're not believing him. And it's really obvious. There's like eye rolling and, you know, subtle little mm. cues. Um, yeah. And, uh, but the kids just kind of believe him. And so, so, like, it makes sense that he's got this idealized view because he's kind of not a grown up. He kind of is a kid. Mm. Like, he interacts with the, you know, when he interacts with the kids, he kind of is on their level in yeah, some yeah. pure More way. than when he's talking to the oh, yeah, other he's, teachers. He's totally Mike White's unruly teenage son in the start of the film. Did you say Meg White? Mike White. Mike White. His oh, roommate. sorry. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. And the writer of the film, yeah. The reason I thought you said Meg White is because a long time ago, and I haven't looked it up since, so I don't know if it's true, but yeah. like I heard there was it was either going to be Jack Black or Jack White doing it, but I don't know who true that is. <laughs> uh, love it, though, as Urban Legends go, to be fair. Yeah. yeah, he's a, like, I think that that childish energy is, again, and that earnestness is, like, For it's real. real. We talk mm. a lot about earnestness here, and, like, the that earnest vibe is, um, it's something that's, for me, it was almost staggering coming to it as a film. I was like, yeah, but that's the nature. Like, they're operating. Mm. Was, that, was that irony? Like, where is that line? I, if you watch you know? that behind the scenes thing, I think he loves hanging out with those kids so much. Mm. They're playing games together, you know, schoolyard games like sticks and uh, like patty cake or whatever. Mm. And I just, he seems like such a nice dude and seems to really like care about these kids. Yeah. He's so sweet, you know? I think it comes across the film because I think one way they could have gone with the film is that like he is using the kids. Mm. And he is in a way, but also he does genuinely care for him. Like you see, there's yeah. like in the first couple of scenes where he's teaching, it's very much he's just killing time and then he decides to use them for his band. Mm-hmm. And then like it cuts like maybe a practice later and he like knows them all by first name now. Right. Instead of like right. just as Ginger and Bouncer mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's like actually caring for them. And like he, all these kids get a moment to express themselves idea, right? and get like a little bit fixed like when Samika says like I actually I want to sing mm-hmm. but I just I didn't think I could because I'm, I'm yeah. fat basically um, and he's like no you you can do this mm-hmm. and then she just has this amazing set of pipes she's incredible and they're all they're, they're so talented all those kids yeah. they're amazing like the I not to skip to the end but I love the credits oh yeah or it's just them jamming yeah. For six minutes. You know, I think it's great. I did not watch the credits this time because yeah. I watched it quite late and had to go to bed. Mm. But I think I've watched those credits like in full the last 14 viewings. Yeah. Really joyous and cool. It's, and yeah, the bit so where happy, he's like, yeah. uh, like, why are you still here? The guy's sweeping up, you know? Yeah. that's. I think I stayed in the cinema to see that and that was a little mm. bit of a thrill. Just like, mm. oh my God, I'm here. Yeah. There is popcorn on the floor. <laughs> um, when you talk about how like, uh, has that slipped my mind? 
yeah, I think I think that thought just got away. <laughs> oh, uh, you talked about how like you know technically you could say that he's taking advantage of the kids. Yeah, and sort of when he first um, like posits the idea of forming a band, you know, he makes them swear an oath yeah, to yeah. the band of what is it of Mr. Schneebly and will not fight him for creative control. <laughs> um, and like so, yeah, he's very much laying down the law. Like this is my band, you know, I'm the leader. But then, you know, he's letting um, I don't know the character like Fancy Pants design oh, yeah. the outfits and like. When Zach is playing a song, he's like, hey, what is this? Oh, we're going to learn your song. That's what a band does. Mm. And it becomes like a democracy, I guess. And Oh, yeah. Like every, know. like, Miranda Cosgrave. Cosgrave? Cosgrove. Cosgrove, I believe. Cosgrove, yeah. That's her first role. Really? Yeah. She was, it was like pre-Drake um, and Josh and pre iGuardy. Wow, yeah. She is brilliant in that. Yeah. She's, and like, she like, taken, she's like, I'm not going to be a groupie. Um, I'm, I've read, I've mm-hmm. looked up what a groupie is. I'm not going to do it. Um, he's like, okay, then you're obviously the manager of this band. So, mm-hmm. do you know there's like so many when she, you know, it's like, should I take attendance? I'm, what is it, class? Factotum. 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 And he yeah. says, factotor. Yeah. Just like, there's so many little things that he does that stick. When I hear certain words, I like mm. say, it, well, you know, what Josh yeah. Rock response is to them in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like permeating my brain in that way. Being yeah. gently possessed by somebody forever. A little bit. Yeah. 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 It's almost, um, I think, most like really successful kids film involves some kind of like secret thing like the Goonies or something. Mm-hmm. I think School Rock is like a reverse heist film. Wow. Where, the, where the height where they're heisting themselves out of the school. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, the, the fact that like, kids like get into something, get one over on the adults, and especially when because the, the whole thing is like the whole final takes place where they're the only kids there, so it is literally them against like rock adults and them against like parent mm-hmm. adults and them against the teacher and against against themselves but mm-hmm. also like it's just it's just kids like succeeding and I love any film where someone succeeds creatively it that always like it always actually makes me cry like like Strictly mm-hmm. Ballroom Babe oh, all yeah. those things like when someone like does practices and does a thing and they do it really really well Oof. it's just ah oh, brilliant yeah like when he gets to do a stage dive at the end and it works oh, this yeah. time it's like good for you yeah yeah. or it's when all the parents are really proud of them all when they mm-hmm. see them it's like good they're yeah. like, your son's really talented. Yeah. Like, Congratulating <laughs> each other. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else we got to say? Do you more notes? Well, yeah, just, I kind of just wrote little things down as yeah. we were going. Like when I was talking about how the um, adults kind of don't really pay attention, you know, mm. they kind of, when he first meets the teacher and they're, they're discussing uh, testing methods and like which do you prefer A or B and he's like you know I believe children are the future you gotta yeah. teach them all and one of the teachers asks is that a song and he's like no I don't think so and you can see one of the other teachers like screen right like rolling his eyes like I, I think it is a song <laughs> and then later on I wrote the name down because it was really great when Principal Mullins walks into the room because uh, she is told from another teacher that they can hear music yeah and he has to pretend that he's like teaching math through yeah, song yeah. and then they walk out and he tells her that he learned the method from a uh, Dr. Eric von Straussenberger, who's the who appointed him to the presidential council council for experimental educationers, <laughs> and like there's not even a beat. She kind of just goes, "Okay, well we don't do that here," and like <laughs> immediately shuts it down. You know, John yeah. um, Cusack is so good. She's That's great. She... I had never seen her before. I yeah, was a baby boy and John uh, Cusack. You know, she... It's pure step on step on my neck, John Cusack as well. Step on my neck. Yeah, like step on my neck, John Cusack. Like yeah. Adam's Family Values, Debbie. She is that. Like you see something as a tiny duck, you know, and you print, <laughs> yeah. you imprint upon it, and that is the duck you were destined to become. 
But this yeah. is kind of the She's only Joan Cusack I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know she was like, uh, she voice acted in, I think, Madagascar. She has not done enough work. <laughs> really? She has not done enough work. They, more people should hire Joan Cusack. She, uh, if you ever, ever fancy watching The Addams Family or The Addams Family I, Values. I've for sure seen it. But they, like, mm. she, she is fucking the best villain. The most amazing, powerful villain, and uh, God, that's so funny because I can. Up, she doesn't show up often enough at all. I only kind of picture her as that neurotic kind of, you know, yeah. shy. She actually that's turned funny. up in one of the Christmas films we did for Rose Chestnuts. She's no in the way. she's in the Christmas Train, where she plays someone who's on the train every year, and it turns out she's it turns out she's a U.S. Marshal at the end. Uh-huh. It's great, but she's like just Joan Cusack ended up getting her Hallmark money. What else has Joan Cusack been? In? She was in High hmm. Fidelity with um, oh, Jack yeah, Black as well. Of course. So oh well. Okay, that's nice con- yeah. continuity. And it's like it? a like a Chicago actors thing that mm. they all kind of do. That's why Tim Robbins was in High Fidelity as well. She's Jesse the cowgirl, isn't she? Is she Jesse? No, in, that's Laura Linney, yeah. isn't it? Really? She no, story. I think she might be. Is she? Yeah, she's that's Jessie. what. So it's not oh, Madagascar. It's that. Yeah, okay, it's yeah. Jesse. She has a really, really distinctive uh, voice. Yeah, which and when I saw that big Toy Story fan, I was mm-hmm. like, no, this is Prince Mullins. Yeah, like what? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. So when did you make the like the the jump from classical guitar to like rock guitar? I I used to do um, guitar grades, so I okay. did yeah. up to grade four classical. Mm. So you know you've got your. It's actually when Jack goes, well Dewey goes to the um, music class and mm. sees them playing, and Zach is sat there with like a nylon string over one knee and he's got a stool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the type of thing I did, you know. Yeah, amazing. Um, and I guess I was like, was that like a terrible. was that like a <gasps> moment when you saw? No, that. no, no. I'm not going to pretend. You know, I just <laughs> it happened. It's coincidental. Yeah. But, um, I I think that movie definitely kind of opened the doorway to rock music, and then I kind of I like more indie music. So I, mm. you know, it's not like I love. Kind of, it's. I guess it's like classic rock, right? Yeah. But um, um, I so when I was like thirteen, I guess I developed a bit more of a music taste, mm-hmm. and then I told my music teacher like I want to switch electric guitar, and that was no big, no big deal. Like yeah. nobody was pushing me, you know. Yeah. My yeah. aunt bought me a guitar because she thought I might like it, and I mm-hmm. did, and that was kind of it. There was never any pressure, and it's something I've done since mm-hmm. like my whole life. And I'm not like particularly good, but it's just such a nice thing to have, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. Do you still play? Yeah. Yeah. Not as often as I used to, just because I, you know, I work and I have other things. But mm. just being able to pick it up for like even five minutes. Yeah. I just, I'm so grateful that I have that skill, you know? Yeah. You play guitar too, don't you? Yeah. Again, again, not as much used to. I think I, I think for most people who like do music, um, the week before they're leaving start music practical is the most, the best they will ever be at their instrument. Yeah. For I real. know that's definitely the peak of my guitar playing yeah. was then. Um, and then like, I was in a band for years and then once I left the band... I have to pick it up and play it, but not in any sustained. I don't write anymore That's on music, so yeah. Were you in a band too? Yeah, kind of. Oh. What were you called? We were, I was in a terrible band when I was a teenager called the Harvey Kinkles. <laughs> Sarah's face is That's fucking amazing. <laughs> that is the best band name I've ever heard. Congratulations. I actually didn't come up with it and had yeah. a bit of a fall night with the guy who did. Well, fuck that guy with the band name, still good. <laughs> Take all the credit. Take Thank all the credit. You. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then you, could like, have, you could have lied and I would have believed you. I know. It's just the idea that, I mean, I haven't seen him in 10 years, but the idea that he would listen and then see, I don't know. It's a, We yeah. all worry. Don't yeah. worry. It's fine. <laughs> but, um, I'm kicking your wires. I started a new band like a year and a half ago ah. with some old friends from school and a friend from college called Kitten Spit. Oh, mm. equally amazing well, name! Well, McDonald gave us that name, which I am yeah. so grateful for. Um, and yeah, we haven't done a, a super amount yet. I mean, I say yet, like we ever will. But just having folks hopes. to play with is so oh, powerful, so much fun, right? yeah. yeah. I go to shows and I like, I, I just want to play. I want to like make noise mm. with my friends, you know, it's, yeah. 
that's the best feeling, isn't it? Mm. Like I've never played an instrument, but I used to sing, and um, like I sang for my leaving cert. My 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 lone good grade in my leaving cert was because of my practical. I all put it down to the fact that I got into college. It's practical owned, uh, but I was in choir for a long time, mm. and I used to go to the choir to choir with my aunt and uh, her best friend, and making music with other people. Like I am, I, I say all the time that I'm terrible at music. Like I don't listen, I don't have Spotify on my phone. I never mm-hmm. listen to music. The closest I get to listen to music is like chill lo-fi beats to study to and whatever. Um, truly, I've gotten very invested in vaporwave recently, though, oh, yeah. in a way that is, uh, in the way that I'm, I'm surprised by. But I'm also like, this I can follow. This I can get into. But um, the process of making music with other people, like I can only imagine what being in a band feels like. I've never been in one, but being in a choir. You're just like you're part of a machine, yeah, like a gorgeous machine. You know, it's what kind I mean? of like, you know, what is the phrase about the sum of your parts kind of come together? Yeah, more than some of your parts, right? Yes, it's exactly that. Exactly. In a similar way, because like I'm an animator, mm. and so I mean, working in animation is collaborative, but a lot of my own stuff, illustration, comics, mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm doing it my by myself, and sometimes yeah. I'm trying to figure out, you know, is this the best composition? Is this even funny? And like I only have myself to refer to. It's kind of you know, you're right. I'm sure you experienced that, oh, right? Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. um, <and laughs> the bit then, where you just are like, I am so sick of the sound of my own. Like, I just mm. don't know what, what this is anymore. Mm-hmm. But you have to push you, through because it's exactly. your job and it's hard. And then and the, and the collaborative point comes later for me. Oh. Because an editor will come in oh, and great, I will okay. work. There's so much trust involved. I have a tremendous editor who I would follow blindly. Like, she is mm-hmm. unbelievable. Uh, she just is... is uh, Pitch perfect, like she's fluent. Yeah. Um, but when I say, but when you're animating, you are building the part of a, of a, a building a part of something. You almost don't you know? know what it is until you're finished. Oh, as in animating in work. Yeah, yeah, in work. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, true. Because yeah. I'm kind of supposed to watch the whole episode's animatic, but I just watch my bits. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Kind of <laughs> don't always have time to like figure out what the episode is. I'm like, oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But when um, it comes to your own stuff, though, like, yeah, yeah, like you know, a lot of time I, I really don't know if something's gonna be what I would consider to be, you know, good in my own mm. work un- until it's like 90% done and by that point if it's not working it's like oh Christ <laughs> it's a lot of <laughs> all time that sink. time yeah. there's actually there's a lot of music in like your zines and like chump and support your support your local scene mm-hmm. so, yeah like you, you draw bands a lot do you, what, do, yeah. do you, what do you like about that because um, I'm not in a great one I can make them <laughs> up and you know yeah, yeah. that is it um, it's kind of the same as like, we just did our, our Scott Pilgrim episode for Patreon and oh that like, like the, you the see, books and the movie yeah just creating so many bands like mm. yeah yeah it's, and the, the way I'm sorry to I just totally spoke across you. No, no, go ahead. Um, no. Just the way this that like, you, yeah. music is represented. Yeah. I mean, skill rock is similar. When they're jamming, you feel like they're jamming. Yeah. You know, like, and it feels, it, yeah, you're, you're there. Like, it's, you're watching it happen. Uh, skill rock, like, even just the movie is like another thing. But the, or, I mean, Scott Pilgrim, sorry, the way it's like represented in like still images is mm. really cool. Mm. Yeah, that feels really like dynamic yeah. and like it's moving. Um, well, when I was talking about like, you know, my own stuff is really solitary and mm. my the band I was in when I was teenager we just did kind of covers and stuff it was never very serious but the the band I started a while ago um, yeah that was one of the first times that I just had this guitar part and it's kind of like a vulnerable thing to be like hey what are, can I show you guys something what do you think of this it is in fact the really most vulnerable so hard yeah, so yeah, difficult yeah, yeah. but I, I like pushed through it and I did it and my friend came up with a drum part I don't play drums I couldn't have done that and then my friend was like well what about this like bass part and I just it's kind of interesting being in a band when you're in your 20s as opposed to when you're in your teens. Everyone's kind of learning their instrument. By this, by this point, everyone yeah. kind of already knows them a little bit. So, so you they can, can bring something more total to the table. Maybe, yeah. yeah, and like quicker maybe. So just like, I, I distinctly remember the first time 
this was like a year ago, I guess, like bringing a part to my friends and they added bits that I just never could have by myself. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh my God, I'd never experienced collaboration like that, you know? And that was, that was wild. Yeah, like when I was yeah. in a band, I never actually brought anything directly. I would play it, because we lived, three of the four of us lived together. So I would just play it myself in another room. And if they liked it, they would go, <laughs> hey, what's that you're playing? And I go, right. it's the same. They go, okay, let's do something. <laughs> That's really or clever. one of our, probably our, maybe our, not to blow my own trumpet, but probably our best song that we had uh, was from, we used, used to hang out in the chapel in school um, at lunchtime because we had like an hour and a half lunch. Oh, wow. And the chapel had like instruments and a piano and like cool. seating that you could sit in. Like, huh. it was a full chapel in the school because it was a Christian Brothers school. Yeah. And it, like the one of the floors was just like Christian Brothers lived there. Well. But I was up at the piano one day. It was like around when Kid A came out and I was trying to play the National Anthem bass mm-hmm. on the piano and messed it up and shifted it. And then I started playing something else and that became a thing. And then they were like, like five years later that eventually became a song <sighs> on our EP. Cool. But again, I never went, hey, I have a thing. It was always like, what's that thing Alan was playing, you know, instead? Because yeah. I, I, I could never write a song. It, I never felt like chords were enough to bring. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So and a, riff, stuck. and a riff on its own is always, not necessarily always something. It needs mm-hmm. all the, especially when like, because around then like Franz Ferdinand, Block Party and stuff were all the things. So everything was like interlocked stuff. Right. You can never just bring one bit of a thing. Yeah, so yeah. it's nothing, you know? Yeah. So. What was your band yeah. called? Raftus. Raftus? Yeah, basically, we had, they, before I joined, they were called Moonfish, so Raftus is an improvement. <laughs> um, basically, we had a friend called Emma Raftus, and we thought it was a cool name, so we misspelled her name. Because it, it was like R-A-F-T-U-S, we spelled it, which was like a nice, it feels nice to yeah, say. Yeah, it's and got a nice word, nice word feel. The F and T in the middle of it, and the kind of flow of it is a nice thing, so. It's really and you say you released an EP? Uh, yeah, it was called Broken Understandings. Oh. And it was on MySpace, but now MySpace deleted everything. Oh, no. Have you Thanks, got MySpace. the recording? I do. I think it's still on Last FM, actually. Oh. It's still there. Very interested in hearing. Yeah, yeah, same. It's um. So I was into like Franz Ferdinand, Radiohead, and like everything that people were into in two thousand three, and the other guys were into like Dave Matthews Band and Daft Punk, mm-hmm. and Nine that's Inch Nails. So yeah, that's where the, that's where the conflict came from. Why I eventually left was like I'm not really part of this anymore. I think mm-hmm. so. Um, it's yeah, it's. It's interesting to think back on it. Um, it's weird to think to listen to it and go, oh, that was me. I remember recording that and with a producer um, who was like actually like an accomplished person who like does, uh, he like goes on tour with um, John Grant oh. and Villagers and Lisa Hanning and does all their live sound. Jesus. He's like this genius, he's like the best pair of ears in the world. So like all the, the really good people want him. Uh, Burke Wynn, but hello Burr if you listen. Um, but yes, he recorded. I remember like, like we're doing takes of music here. It's, it's really cool and then to hear it all come together because um, it's totally different from playing it like together like playing a thing separately with earphones it's almost like you're back in your bedroom almost because you're layering it up yeah yeah, yeah. I find that really hard yeah as and soon as there's a metronome going or if I know it's oh, recording yeah, it's like possible. I can't play anymore yeah. things yeah. are jelly especially because I was like a, quite a physical guitar player Mm-hmm. Um, I would like throw myself around a bit so I actually have to Much like, like Jack Black was in the movie School of Rock a little bit it's okay, we're talking about the literal School of Rock that is your lives that's yeah, what we're doing exactly yeah. No, it's totally yeah, yeah it's meta um, yeah so it actually has to like, like can rein yourself in but also yeah. get the feeling across at the same time is yeah. like it's not something you learn the first day in the studio Alan kind of the thing. wire keeps coming out when you windmill <laughs> yeah. we're gonna need you to take that again I have smashed 19 guitars this morning <laughs> yeah. I just it's just part of my process okay I'm gonna need 28 that's gotta yeah, okay. yeah it's weird um, but yeah it's fun I kind of I miss being in a band not I don't like miss writing music because I don't think um, writing music is actually what my thing was once I started doing comedy and stuff I was like oh this is where I have like a 
a voice. Mm-hmm. I always felt much more fun like playing covers. Or if I was writing something, I'd always know I'm, this is a reference to something else. Right. I knew what I was referencing, you know? Yeah, I guess the thing is the audience doesn't know. Yeah. And they won't know. You're mm. always, like, super into what you're doing, and you know, you know, yeah. the shape of it and the references and stuff. But mm. that's not apparent to other people. I think that's how new things get made. Mm. Right? Mm. You kind of just take the best bits of all the things you like and sort of yeah. put them together. And I think as long as you you have enough things, like, as long as you're into a load of stuff, mm. it yeah, becomes a new thing. The if you only listen to the Beatles, then you're only going to sound like... Oasis, you know, uh-huh. or all those bands who just sound like the Libertines in like 2005. Oh, my favorite band in 2005. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, when Man. you said that, I was laughing to myself because I was like, oh yeah, that's yeah. why my teenage band never took off because we only liked one band. Yeah, yeah. which was the <laughs> all four of us. You know, yeah. That was such a weird period of music, wasn't it? Like that whole yeah. Libertines era. Mm-hmm. I Everybody just wanted to be fucking grotty all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god! And it we was... used to hide our bad playing with grotty distortion. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're that... crushing it. We're yeah. a great band. So yeah, go back to school rock. Those mm. kids are so good. After like, every one of them is just they're like eleven, thirteen. I yeah, know, uh, Zach like Mooningham was eleven. Yeah, the others were. Yeah, um, like none of them have really been anything since. A lot of, for a lot of them, um, school rock's the only film on their IMDb. Mm-hmm. That's all that they did nothing before or after. But they're all like really good actors as well. The drummer, I assumed he was yeah. like a snotty Nickelodeon mm-hmm. kid. That's the only thing he's done. You know, I was on the uh, deleted scenes. That, yeah, uh, drummer. There's a little talking head interview. He talks about how he. Uh, I think he's. 13 in the movie mm. and had already been playing for five years at that point yeah yeah child prodigy yeah. realness because like even in the film like where Jack Black goes okay can you just go boom boom and the kid goes nails it you're like oh no he he knows that that's not a new movement for him yeah drummers are bizarre man I think drummers operate on a different level of aural understanding I have Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried to play rock band and you get stuck with the drum kit? You're like, come on, I actually have to know how to play this. <laughs> I am fully that monster who is just like, no, I'm singing and I'm going to win. Maps by the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's <laughs> you know, perfect score, perfect yeah. score when, every like, time. When Singstar came out, I remember <laughs> there was like a there was a career mode, right? You could unlock new venues and stuff. And Absolutely, I remember. I, I used to work in a cinema, and I haven't thought about this since then. <laughs> Holy shit. We would go out um, on the weekends um, and weekdays. It was a different time. <laughs> um, and uh, when we were pre-drinking, um, we just used to play Sing Star. Sing Star, yeah. Mm. And invariably, there were many nights where we just didn't leave. <laughs> we would just do the whole... We would... Like, I worked in... Uh, um, after I left the cinema, I went to work in GameStop and I was still hanging out with all the cinema people and I would just find secondhand PS2 different issues of SingStar yeah. because it just brought out the best in everybody and like finding out the people you know are secretly awesome singers yeah. is the most exciting thing when I realised somebody can sing I'm just like let's do it let's do it let's do it <laughs> let's go it's my favourite secret because you know you don't know when you're speaking to somebody I think sometimes there's, no way, there's no way to know I think mm. no even if someone has like a really like like mellifluous speaking sometimes voice sometimes lovely speaking voices are tone deaf yeah and like sometimes people who are proficient musicians um, and instruments yeah. are tone deaf so it's really it's really hard to know mm. but I love when people can sing it is so exciting to me mm-hmm. and I think games like uh, rock, rock Band and SingStar brought about a certain like there's because it's a video game and it's a it's a mime you know it's pretend you can like let go a little bit yeah do you know yeah. what I mean yeah, yeah. you're not as vulnerable I think vulnerable. also Especially with drums, because I can play drums for and play a basic beat for about fifteen seconds. 
I can hold it together because like, you know it's like it's literally if you're doing four things at once I can, I can my brain can separate out like that for four minutes or for like 15 seconds but if I'm playing rock band drums because you don't have to think about what's coming next you can just see what's coming next right. so your brain can just go you're doing that one that one that one so I can, I can do quite well on rock band drums but it doesn't translate over at all because okay. you the, the instructions are there you know same with guitar I can play like like rock band songs and guitar and expert and not play those songs in real life oh, at yeah. all you know we talked about how like the week before the leave insert practical yeah, yeah. best anyone has ever been like that's also the the most songs I've ever known at once like <laughs> I can't remember anything how as many did you I, have to do I did six I chose to do six yeah I did um, six as well I did eight yeah. eight eight mm. wow Four group and four solo. Groups. Yeah. yeah. No, I was just like, no, bitch, this is my show. <laughs> yeah. This is, no, no, no. And two of them were in different languages because I'm an asshole. Um, what did you, okay, what songs uh, did you do? My set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Did we get a signed set list when you are uh, Just one. <laughs> you can share it. Uh, no, I did, I opened with, um, I did Blackbird. Oh, I did that too. Uh, I yeah. great. I isn't played it? on guitar. It's sort of even Sarah Bob, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Um, I did Adelaide's Lament from Guys and Dolls. I did um, what fucking Mary Black song was it? Oh, was it Katie? I think it was. Okay. Um, my sister's name is Katie as well, so it's a really sad song. It's even sadder. It's for your own sister. Uh, I did uh, Complaint de la Butte, uh, which is Rufus Wainwright's version of an old French song, but I had to adjust it because he did it in Canadian French, which sounds wonky, mm. uh, especially when you're being graded for your foreign language stuff. And I did uh, an arietta called Cara Mia More as well, because I'm a soprano. And I did another one. I did Don't Speak. I followed, I, I closed out on <laughs> oh, Don't Speak. Oh, nice. Because nice. <laughs> stay on brand forever. <laughs> so I closed out on Don't Speak. Um, yeah, that's six. And yeah. uh, I did not get an A1. I got an A2. But okay. my... I did so badly in my leaving cert that I didn't care. <laughs> but uh, that was actually really exciting, actually, to get to be able to sing by yourself. Because mm. there were loads of bands in my estate. Like, everyone I knew was in a band. Mm. I had a boyfriend in a band. I had a boyfriend in the biggest band in our, like, diocese. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and... Uh, Different times. Um, but what songs? Did, oh, sorry. None of the bands were had girls. Oh, band was what yeah. I was gonna say. Oh yeah. Right. But what songs did you do? I did "Be Good or Be Gone" by Finn Regan. Oh uh, my yeah. My friend yeah. Keen singing on that. Who just got married like two days ago. Hey, happy, um, happy wedding. I've known him like eleven years as well. <laughs> oh, it's so um, exciting! It's great when that happens. Yeah. Like you're like, oh my god, look at this person I love. I know. I love the love of their life. I so sung exciting. a song at his wedding two days oh, ago. Oh yeah. my god. And I, I don't perform. I was shaken. I did a "By Your Side" by Beachwood Sparks, which oh, is yeah. in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I, I didn't really God. know the song super well. Oh. But what a tremendous gift to be able to oh, give my somebody God. to sing well, on wedding day. What a gift to be asked, honest to God. I mean, I just really honored to be a part of it in any way, and mm. it was beautiful. And I really had to stop crying yeah. <laughs> to go and sing the song, you know. Yeah. And like, I, I get like a weird sort of nervous energy. Don't quite know what I'm saying. So like, I went to the. Uh, Celebrant was like, now we're going to have Sean to play a song. And I, I sat down, he was like, uh, play, sing. And I said, I'm going to dazzle you. Oh, no. <laughs> Why did I do that? I'm so nervous. <laughs> and yeah, but it went fine. And yeah, um, I was telling my girlfriend right before, I was like, yeah, I'm never doing this again. I'm, they're friends. They asked me, I'm happy to do it. Never doing it. Yeah, as soon as it's done, I was like, might do that again. That was kind of cool. That was fun. The other side energy is so mm. real. I was meant to sing my best friend up the aisle, but I was on a different continent. I was in uh. California and I was like, I love you, but I cannot fly home. <laughs> My Even friend sang his own, uh, like, fiancé up the aisle. <gasps> but he picked too long of a song that had a lot of repeats in it. No! Like, it was beautiful and it was lovely. <laughs> but by the time she got to the top, you could see his eyes go, there's like two and a half minutes <laughs> Do a lap. the song. Go back. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was beautiful. It was lovely. To, for him to do that was, like, really, really nice. Wedding music yeah. is when you're, like, 
you want to be doing the real crying like that's when the real crying is allowed to happen like mm. that's the mm, that's like good shit yeah so that was your first two what was your next one mm. oh i did a wallace bird song i oh, think yeah. she's like a singer songwriter from wexford mm. if you know her. um oh boy i haven't thought about this in eight years so yeah <laughs> i did blackbird i did a tallest man on earth song like oh and i did a I think I did Be Good or Be Good Gone. No, no. You said, you said uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Don't Think Twice It's All Right by yeah, Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. And that was like the first time I'd ever sang in front of somebody. Whoa. Because I had, so I did two instrumental pieces. My friend Keen sung two, I think. And then I like sung two myself. Mm. And that was nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. It is one of the most uh, naked things you can do in the world. Mm. It, is, it is very, opening your throat is like, the minute where you realize whether you're able to do it or not is very scary, mm. you know? And, and again, I think, song, uh, what was it? Singstar? Yeah. Mm. Like there was a career mode and you could, you'd unlock different venues. And I remember, I don't know what age I was. I seem to remember coming out around the same time as School I Rock. I think it probably yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, this is like a musical awakening for me that year. <laughs> but I really bopped to a Superstar by, on, by Beyonce. Yeah. And I remember, I just remember being too serious about it. And my cousins sat on my bed and they were kind of giggling. I was like, guys, I think I can unlock this. But I just, <laughs> like, I need your cooperation. And I was kind of, you know, shushing them and like really seriously, probably gripping the microphone with two hands. Um, yeah. We live for sincerity. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all that matters. It's all that matters. Uh, I did two Muse songs from Medieval Search. Go on, Muse! Yeah. Yes! Wow. I did Plug um, oh. and Baby. Yes! I did uh, Microcuts from that same album. Amazing. Which is one that has a big like blues rock breakdown at the end. Just because after the first song she asked us to turn in, the examiner asked us to turn down a bit. <laughs> I was like, oh. Why don't you sit further away, Grandma? <laughs> <laughs> so metal. This is rock, Grandma. Yeah. I gotta plug in five more pedals. So that'll, <laughs> that'll give you time to move your chair. I was very um, sparse with my pedals. I do love my pedals. Um, so two music, two music songs. Um, what else did I do in the group? Oh, I did a trad song because we were told Variety was good. Mm-hmm. So my, one of my friends who played the, like was a trad fiddle player uh, taught me this three chord song trad song so I just played that right so it was really a fiddle showcase it really was a fiddle yeah. showcase yeah it sounded like um, Turn Out The Lights by um, Nelly Furtado so I was basically playing Turn Out The Lights by Nelly Furtado Amazing. but it was a trad song um, and then we used, well, same, we used to jam in the chapel and once I started um, oh, sorry one of the started playing like these like sleazy funk chords once and I started just like so, doing a <laughs> solo over it and we're like It'd be funny to do that for a leave. <laughs> so I just got, like, got a wah pedal and did like a sleazy solo for two minutes and we called it Rendezvous. Then on the same Outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm picturing like uh, Lethal Weapon music. You oh know, yeah, like, pretty much. Yeah. Shots of the skyline with like like blistering screeching. Yeah, like, like, I'm yeah. just having nice. the opportunity to do high concept shit like that for a joke and I feel like my junior yeah. cert was that. I had a very severe standoff with my music teacher oh, yeah. who oh, was boy. the grandniece of Eamon De Valera. Oh all right, God, and she guts. did not mm. like me at all, and I don't blame her. I was a gay back, uh, and our standoff came to a real head in third year because I, you know, you see, like, I haven't thought, and you know, you haven't thought of this in mm-hmm. years, and then you're like, oh God, this is actually a story. I really wanted to sing. Barry Manilow's Copacabana. Hell yeah. my <laughs> junior cert music song, right? So then you only have to do three and I think I did like Hallelujah or whatever is mm. the other one, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, no, I'm really committed to doing Copacabana. And she was like, I will not accompany you on piano for your exam. If you, I'm not learning that. We do it as an encore. I, I full, no, no. I fully sang it a cappella. Oh boy, yes. yes. I went in That's there. That's very powerful and energy. Uh, and I, you know what I did as well? I slowed it down. Oh, nice. I sang it as a ballad. 
And, oh my god, Sarah, uh, this is amazing. You sat on a stool, like, boys on I style. I completely yeah. for complete. Her name was Lola. She, like, went, just did that. It's a fucking not a short song either. No. Like, a lot of shit happens in it. You know what I mean? It's like, I remember seeing someone did a, a karaoke up, once. Like, and, it's a long one for karaoke. And there's like a very long instrumental bit in the middle and the guy was like, oh, I'm, what so, do I'm you so do sorry. I'm so sorry. The guy, the guy had a lot of charisma. He's like, let's just, if we all do a Mexican wave, maybe that'll take up some time. And things are going, everybody, go, now. Maybe just would have cried. You really have to take For the duration of the solo, I'll be weaponized anxiety on stage. Karaoke is out. It's fucking dicey, man. Your favorite song, you're like, ah, I actually only know the first verse. <laughs> I, Maybe it's the chorus. We used to go to karaoke in Berkeley in this place called Nick's, which is fucking amazing. And Americans go so hard, you know, they do everything so well. And in the karaoke book, I discovered that one, maybe in my top five favorite songs, this goes to show how good my taste is, is Emma Bunton's um, Maybe, which is her, with her solo oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. single. Oh, yeah. single. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. So it's in the karaoke book. And I'm like, I listen to this song eight times a day. <laughs> <laughs> this is my moment. The track was a key too low. No. And you were trapped then. Having told everyone that this is your song uh-huh. and you're fucking like, you're on it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, no, no, no. That was a very long three oh, minutes. Oh, my heart. Was, oh, man, it was bad. <laughs> a song being too high is one thing, but a song being too low is a fucking nightmare. Mm. My, my, what, what are your karaoke standards? Mine is generally uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. With oh, boy. I've only done karaoke twice what? ever. Yeah. The first was uh, the the day after party at a wedding in Malta. Amazing uh, sentence. Yeah. We're like a pirate ship converted into a, a bar. Yes. Yeah. And the, and the a karaoke, karaoke sentence I didn't expect and look more. The karaoke bar was um, in like the cargo hold of the ship. Um, so I did, I don't do shots and don't drink much anymore. But like me and Carlan, we were only married like a week and we were at the second wedding. Ah, yes. And all the person we were at, um, her friends were all there and they were all like glamorous Dublin record label people. And they started like, they were like decided to make friends with us and like started buying a shot. So I had like Jägermeister for the first time in like six years. So I did Kiss by Prince. Oh, yes. Alan, that's amazing. I, and Caroline filmed it. I did actually get the falsetto very well. Excellent. I do have it a good falsetto. Doesn't surprise um, me. Second time was on Disney Cruise. Um, one of our table mates insisted when she knew I was in a choir on doing a whole new world with me. Oh. So there's video of me doing a whole new world. Amazing. And then I did um, oh Folsom. Folsom Prison by Johnny Cash because yeah. like, his, his range is my range in That's reality. Cool. It's nice so, when you know that, isn't it? It's yeah, like, yeah, ah, yeah. I can do is this. That, is that thing I've said before, like, um, do I really like this song or is it just exactly in my range? <laughs> <laughs> or can I just do this? Yeah. yeah. Can I even sing or can I sing Johnny Cash? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, think, that's why I love Rush the Song from Russian Dolls so much, the Harry Nielsen one. Oh, because it's your range. It's like, perfectly in there. <laughs> like, I... I learned that song off I just had it on repeat which I didn't really I've, I bought it and then it turns out if you buy a song on iTunes and say when you're not from music and you don't own any other songs of that person the song will repeat so the song from Russian Doll was repeating oh god and I didn't even oh realize god. I was like <laughs> yeah bad. it was nice though it was, it was cool it was a little tribute to Russian Doll I will never yeah. have be able to in earnest say that I have the range of Bonnie Tyler however <laughs> I can get to a certain point of uh energy on a night out yeah. where I can fully roll all the good notes and hold out for a hero and oh, that okay. always goes down really well at karaoke uh-huh. like I've done that in several states in America I, so I, will, I will turn your hen party inside out <laughs> you know what about you what's your karaoke song um, actually as it happens my last karaoke song was in Berlin in November I sung Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen oh. and there's a video of that but 
um, it was a karaoke bar that opened till five in the morning. That's um, that's a very Berlin sentence. Really also. very drunk because you have to be. Because <laughs> yeah. how else would you sing in front of other humans? Yeah. And uh, I'm afraid to look at the videos. <laughs> ah, <laughs> I haven't it. watched a whole new world video yet. Either. It's been two I remember years. crushing it. Yeah. How do, you, how do you feel your performance went? Do you feel I like... think it went pretty well. I think I even started acting some of it in the second oh, nice. person. Yes. Into it. I was like, no, I know this. I do know this song. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like it might be better to live in the? You know. I think so. In that the, knowledge that yeah, maybe, again, that I think was, it was fine. That was a really drunken night. Um, two of our other tape mates, the it was like we were with like two other couples, and the two other women wouldn't have got up to all that or um yeah all that jazz Ooh, from Chicago yeah turns out that song was like a four minute instrumental intro yes. oh boy so she was like someone come up to me now so the other woman got up and they were just like chatting to each other but in song over it and the other woman so she was just like doing little weird dances over it. It, no, it was beautiful. Oh it was, boy, it was, it was inspired. It, it was like an inspired you physical comedy. Right. Yeah, yeah. When you're one minute in to a four <laughs> minute inch, you're like, am I going to keep going? Because yeah. great time to opt out right now. Mm-hmm. That's long. That's I feel long. like with some, I, I thought you were going to say Total Eclipse at Heart from any Tyler. And I, I think with have that, attempted it, but I, but Hold Never Here has got a bit more through it. It's got a bit more kind of, it's pace here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, but once you get to a certain point with Total Eclipse at Heart, the audience can take over. Mm-hmm. I love that. I was just thinking and, when you were saying, you know, yeah. it's hard to be like, when something's out of your range, real ballsy move to like turn the karaoke <laughs> mic to the audience. And now, this is for you. Yeah. yeah. This is your moment. Uh-huh. Like, and I think something like Hero is, I'll never hear is like, it's exactly um, in that place between kind of banger, but also slightly unexpected. Not mm. sad. Yeah. Not sad. It's important. You, you know, there's a lot of uh, bangers that are Sad uh, like a sad bop. Oh yeah. Mm. Do you not fully realize it until the words are scrolling across <laughs> yeah. the screen in front of you? Like... Or if you're trying to see if it'll be good as a first dance for your wedding, oh, that's boy. a fucking minefield. Jesus oh, Christ! God. Every song we liked, we're like, no, can't do Ali Smith, can't do that, can't yeah. do that. We ended up doing the Wanna Die's You and Me song because oh. I was like, everything, every lyric is fine. There's nothing problematic <laughs> we have about it. it. Also, it's from Romeo and Juliet. That's good. My uh, friend whose wedding I played at, they asked if I'd be interested. I said, yeah, you know, I'll think up some songs, and I was sending them a bunch of, you know, love songs I like and. A lot of them, they were like, it's good. It's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got the mood a bit wrong, the vibe here. Yeah. Um, so, okay, School of Rock. Um, yeah. I think this is all while. raised to School of Rock. Because mm-hmm. it's about like amateur creativity. It's yeah. basically what it's about. But yeah. It's about anybody being able to do anything. Yeah. And it's also about like, I think there's more to a rock show than you think. Because oh, yeah. like all the the lighting guy gets his moment yeah. and the set, the roadies and the security guy. It's like mm-hmm. there's a whole and the costume guy especially. There's like a whole. A rock show isn't just four people on a stage. It's a whole yeah. production. To That's do a good property. point. I and, good. and it's like. I was very worried when I started watching first. That I was going to I was going to feel the other kids got hard done by. Yeah. I don't think they do really. Yeah. At all. They oh, get you know, put on security detail. That's a cool. Yeah. Job. You know who does get hard done by? Is Sarah Silverman. Oh, being the her character gets done. Yeah gets some dirty in that film because mm-hmm. it's Sarah Silverman she should get some jokes and she gets no jokes yeah. at all she's just the the shrew pretty much because yeah. they hadn't really called out that trope property in 2003 I guess early yeah yeah. which is a shame I feel like she could have come to the gig and gotten transformed by the joy yeah. of it as well that, that's I'm not sure why, why she, she didn't. says like when are you going to stand up for yourself to yeah. the real Ned and he just closes the door on her and that's kind of is that the last we see of her yeah right oh that's a bummer it would have been better if she'd like followed him and then she didn't end up gig as well but yeah, yeah it's a shame but um. But other than that, like I don't think everything else about the film. I think it's a stands up. I mean, I'm real. Happy I really to enjoyed be it. It's my first time wrong. watching it. Yeah. That's amazing. Like yeah. just for that, we were such different ages when we watched mm. it for the first time. I think now um, that Jack Black's been 
low key for so long to see full on Jack Black attack. Yeah, it was just really really nice just to see him go jack, 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 and doing that Jack Black shimmy. Yeah, and stuff it was just when really he's great. Soloing, he's like really throwing his full body <laughs> yeah. around, you know. And that one really really long shot of him describing his song. Oh, that's the, amazing! The class, and it's just one really really slow uh-huh. comeback of like three and a half minutes probably mm-hmm. of him just and it seems a lot of it thrown together like obviously there's a, there's a true story the lyrics are done but like everything yeah. he's doing is just like rock basically you can see it when he's like yeah. uh, uh, chimes shoo, like he's yeah. just describing the dry ice and stuff yeah, yeah. like I can see him on stage a beam of light you know comes <laughs> down over him and yeah that I mean say what you want about Dewey Finn he can write a bop, you know, <laughs> even when I think it's, you know, when I was talking about just to how it presented rock to kids and, it, you know, mm. uh, music as like a form of like maybe, you know, defiance, but also like therapy and expression. And when he sees Zach's dad being a jerk to him in the car park, mm. and he's like, no more rock music, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, and then he, he's kind of bummed out in class and he's just sat on his desk and uh, I can't interchanging between Dewey and uh Jack. I mean, yes, see, they are. The same right, person. right, right. <laughs> so he comes up to him, and, you know, he writes that little song, like, mm. what would you say if somebody's pushing you around? And mm. step off, step off. And, like, yeah. he writes a perfectly serviceable rock song. And it, that, that song, I was like, that has to be a thing already, but it's not. That's, it yeah. sounds like a classic, like, uh-huh. completely classic. Yeah. yeah the f- I kind of jump around here, but, like, one of the funny things that I noticed for the first time this time was in that opening shot when the camera moves down the hallway and, like, you know, you see Dewey's old band on stage. Mm. Dewey's not doing a whole lot. Kind no. of like checking his amp, sings one word, and then does this like crazy face to the camera. It really made me laugh. But then, you know, he's kind of just like dancing around and yeah. holding his guitar and hasn't done anything yet. And yeah. this was the first time where I was like, I think I might have kicked him out of that band too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I totally would have. Yeah. I mean, his replacement spider is a disaster. His oh costume God. in that final. Oh, the, it's like a leather jacket it's without just the torso. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. crazy a chest collar. tattoo. Yeah. Um, the, the moment where they, you know, tell him you're out of the band, you're a joke, and he uh, he's wearing this "Getting Lucky in Kentucky" T-shirt. Mm. And I feel I saw that when I was 11 years old, and I was like, I don't know what "Getting Lucky" is or what Kentucky is, but <laughs> it's the greatest T-shirt I've ever seen in my life. And every time I've watched it since, I'm like, God, it reminds me. Dad, I really want that T-shirt. I, I really want that T-shirt too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, just... in your in universe merch, man, it's inter it's in universe yes. stuff. That's yeah. the best mm-hmm. thing. The best yeah. thing Scott are things Pilgrim that exist. Nails it too. Yeah. Exactly, it mm-hmm. does. And there are there are things that you can have that exist in that story that are like a secret. Yeah. Do you know, like a quiet reference. And that's what you that that t shirt is findable, man. We got that's that's out there. Maybe I just make it. I just Some learned how to spring print. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Maybe I yeah. should just make one getting lucky in Kentucky <laughs> t shirt for myself. Yeah. Exactly. Like. There's a, a move he does in that when they fire him and he's like, All right, whatever, he's walking away. He's just he's like got this guitar case and this like oversized parka and just really encumbered. Mm. It turns around, he does like a kick at one of the symbols i remember when i was a kid just like that was the funniest thing i'd ever seen <laughs> i'm so and the symbol almost falls over he sort of like does a karate pose and just like oh, yeah they were right to kick you out man yeah that's why you got chosen for kung fu panda as well for real wow no, it wasn't. <laughs> i was going with you on the <laughs> we're playing in that space together um we should put a we should we should insert a single uh believable lie into every episode even <laughs> yeah. here from here on yeah. in i'm sure there's a like, few but we're not rigorous on the old fact checking oh so. no we're not we're not <laughs> yeah. here to check Is some it? facts we're we're not no do i not. fully wouldn't question them as a listener either but like well that's oh, yeah. wild i didn't know <laughs> Just, don't google any of this <laughs> yeah like this is not facts at all <sighs> there's um one moment that kind of I do not love. Oh, no, no, no. That's not fair to say. I just like, it always sticks out in my mind as like, that's nah, a bit weird. Okay. Do you guys ever explain what the thing is before you start talking about it? Because we've just been talking about something for a very long time without explaining the story. 
Oh, uh, School of Rock? Oh, it's School yeah. of Rock, though. It's People different. Know. It's different for everybody. Yeah, I feel like depends. sometimes we do sort of single films and we do it narratively. We pull mm-hmm. it apart from beginning to end. And sometimes we just hop in and hop yeah. around. I feel like School of Rock is just like a feel-good thing, right? You don't necessarily need to... No. Um, and it's and pretty generally, self-explanatory. And generally yeah. when people listen, they will have seen the right. thing. Or okay. will they will go and... Sometimes they go and kind of watch mm. it as a result of, which is really gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. So I I've think, done that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's awesome. So like the the... The, I never I never re-listen because my sound of my own voice makes me want to leave my body um, but the I feel like School of Rock basically is a the, the narrative concept is so simple that like you know like it's grand. people okay. will know I, I so interrupted myself to ask that because yeah, I'm about yeah, to no, jump people, to like the final yeah. sequence yeah. the battle of the bands mm-hmm. the kids come to pick Jack up in the school bus mm-hmm. my only gripe is like it's like 11am it's like a weird time to have a battle. Oh yeah, yeah. There's wow. a thousand people in the theater. It's broad daylight. Yeah, out. It's and true. it's it's the only thing that strikes me as odd about the movie. That is so frustrating. Could have been yeah. seven p.m. Could have been like you know six even. If they planted like a, a late evening school trip to like we're gonna go see an orchestra and that's all the bus driver knows and mm-hmm. it's conceivable that the information didn't feed back to him that you know he was a fraud or whatever. Yeah. But it's like so bright and <laughs> it always just strikes me as like that's the one not believable, not kind of cool thing about the movie. Yeah, I mean. If you've ever been to a Battle of the Bands, it, it's, that's not the audience for Battle of the Bands. No, it's not. <laughs> it's four of each band's friends. It, that's it. Yeah. 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 You used yeah. to go to those gigs where you'd get a book of tickets and be like, all right, if you sell 30 of these, on your 31st, you'll be in profit. And you just have to like shill tickets to your friends. And, yeah. Um, we had them in schools, like the mixed schools around us where the boys' school. Our, our school, Reach, had a famous Battle of the Bands, actually. Like it was the most dramatic and exciting life of my teens <laughs> was the art school, Reach, uh, um Battle of the Bands and there was the Dallas Isle of the Roadies to have them not even once a year I feel like there were only four through my entire teens and they were the biggest fucking deal like they were oh, yeah. a huge uh-huh. deal mm. and um, it was they were like holy you know I did not like any of the music I would just sit there looking around and like it was where all the teenagers from different estates we were in a state that was at the ne- nexus of a bunch of other mm-hmm. estates everybody came together you know and it was really a rare opportunity to meet new people i was terrible mm. i didn't care about the music at all but i was just like who are all these people mm-hmm. who are all these lads <laughs> you know <laughs> what's the crack at one of our school battle of the bands um there was two really really good drummers in our school um armon hall and stephen harberlin and they were both in separate bands in the battle of the bands and both bands played wipeout <laughs> oh, and it was no. like which drummer's gonna do wipeout best it was yeah. like the, a thing like funny. there was one my, my, my teenage sweethearts band um, they on one of their final battles of the bands they played Get Your Hands Off My Woman Motherfucker by oh. The Darkness oh yeah that was bold which was amazing <laughs> like, that's a screechy kind of vocal too yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> their singer was a, a guy called Dez who still, he still makes music actually he's a lovely guitarist but when I say the room lost it's fucking <laughs> mind my heart's like, like going now so it, I can't imagine it was school hall like unbelievable level of excitement because it's not one that you would have it was so new yeah. it was a new song it's, it was like an album track like they said the word fuck out loud mm. like it was a I will never in my life forget the way the room felt in that weird moment and also I loved the darkness so that's my there's one of my my one fucking Teenage a, bands. a darkness song in School of Rock. Yeah, Black Shock is in there. Yeah. Is that when... Which is about heroin, oddly. Yeah. It's I don't know if I'm thinking song. of the right one. When, like, um, they go to the auditions for the Battle of the Band. Yeah. And Freddie wanders off. To, to hang out with the other band. Right, in the van. Is that yeah, when he goes Black to Shock. get them? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's such a funny moment because um, 
he like admonishes those guys. He's like, yeah. that, that's a 10 year old kid. I don't know what you're trying to play or whatever he says yeah. to them. And, uh, and that's another moment where he, you know, goes back to Freddie and is like, don't wander off like that. And he says, I just want to hang out with some real rockers. And he's like, those guys aren't real rockers. You know? <laughs> rock isn't about, what does he say? Getting get wasted and being a jerk. It's just such a cool moment. He like becomes a teacher. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. The idea of a good teacher is such a lovely, it's such a lovely myth, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> but like, do you know, but do you know what I mean? And I do know some teachers now who are like early in the job and who are mm. passionate in a way that I think they're only passionate because they're bad teachers. Right. People who go in as teachers with genuine hope and like oh, man. an earnest, like they want to teach and they want to show bits of the world to people. Yeah. But like, uh, I guess when I would have watched School of Rock the, the, or when it came out that I would have been just past secondary school or just at the very end. Yeah, no, just past it. Mm. And would have never had, like a teacher like to be fair is like, that's, even one who even of. even one who like a little bit cares is kind of a really is that that's an American people thing right <laughs> <laughs> that's Americans yeah that's not here no way like, did you ever ever have a teacher like that I had super cool teachers yeah I think I was just really like a quiet shy kid so maybe never let them <laughs> mm. uh, into any part of my personality yeah. <laughs> yeah so maybe they didn't know how to do that but yeah uh, I mean I had an art teacher who's cool to me yeah. <laughs> yeah a good art teacher is something that's like because yeah. i was like super quiet and shy as well mm. but um wasn't my music teacher but one of the music teachers in the school was one of the brothers and in transition we used to have the school show that all the transition like you have to, you have to audition for it mm-hmm. and I, just, I didn't but also he knew it would be good for me to be in the show so he just put me in it anyway oh. and he retired two years ago and we put on like a, a big surprise oh, concert for him with wow. all past students coming back mm-hmm. and people who are like successful now like he was like an incubator for a lot of very successful like artistic people. Yeah, like one of the, someone's been on Ellen singing, someone was in Anna Karenina, wow, uh, wow. like West End people, uh, like all in this room, like um, singing songs for him. It was really, yeah, really two white cool. covers. Uh, <laughs> get your hands off my but, woman. Uh, <laughs> but what came across is that he had done that for a lot of shy kids over the years. Oh my God. He'd always like, try to find the go. kid that needed it. It happens. Ah. And put them in the show because they'll be Judy good for Finn, like, <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. God, that's so sweet. That's yeah, looking that really nice. cool, actually. Mm. Yeah, they're that, good ones. They do the same this. scene we were talking about just there, where he sort of, you know, becomes a teacher, I guess, in that moment, or maybe yeah. he's already a teacher before then. I don't know, but uh, that's when he Tamika has like an issue with her weight and she doesn't want to sing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, you know, he talks about Aretha Franklin, right? Mm. And, you know, when she sings, like no one cares. Yeah. And then he says, you know, who else has kind of got some weight? And he's like, me. Yeah. <laughs> but and that it's yeah. so. I guess also as a shy kid the way he talks about how like you know when I'm on stage people love me mm. they, and he just like just watching Jack Black perform is I mean can you imagine what it's like to, especially in that final scene there's like a thousand extras and there's yeah. crew mm. and he's performing for the camera and an audience and mm. he's playing guitar like the charisma of that man and the yeah. like that that's the most nerve wracking thing in the world I can't imagine ever doing that and I did um, stand up a couple weeks ago and I did a high kick at the start <laughs> And I've never felt better. It felt fucking oh, amazing really? to that's do it. Oh, awesome. yeah. God, that's that could have gone two ways. Fucking badass. Know, if you didn't I, lunge before. Adam, that is badass. It wasn't, the, it wasn't like the, the highest high kick in the world. <clears throat> but like I came out and went, who else is fucking like pumped for a directly elected mayor? <laughs> and a high kick. And it felt good. Because people actually whooped before I got to the end of the line. So I, the joke ended up getting mangled because people liked the high kick. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, all right. Do I really just have to come out? I'm going to do a high kick. Do I just have to do aerobics out here? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. to be, how long was your set? That was only five minutes. Can you imagine though, four and a half minutes of like sore ligaments, kind oh, of I not know. being yeah. able to get through the jokes? Oh yeah. god! <laughs> wow. Uh, that, ma- that that stage magic thing is so odd. When I was younger, I used to do spoken word. I'm retired, um, but I used to, and um, 
there was one show and please do not ask me how we managed this I feel like I'm pulling out all my weird stories today um, <laughs> the Spice Girls yeah I, yeah, it's bizarre but the there was a spoken word and slam wrestling show slam poetry slam wrestling show wow. in the complex in, no not in the complex in, I don't know what it was called it's, it's a fucking it's not it's not derelict anymore in a derelict building in Smithfield is what I was trying to say the, like huge huge crowd like mm-hmm. um, it was local wrestling um, and poets in the ring and wrestling fans and poetry fans are not <laughs> right. necessarily two of the same beasts probably like and one guy who loved it yeah well <laughs> I got exact into, I got into kind of a, a a takedown match with a guy who heckled me on the way in I think he said something about like I think he said shows your tits or something and I went I'll consider it when you finally lose your virginity and just like <laughs> went in on a, on a silly voice and the crowd lost their mind <laughs> and by the time that they had uh, finished laughing they were ready to listen and oh. I do not know what part of like I made one poem was two minutes long it's fine always do a short one it was grand fine but that minute where I felt super vulnerable and super scared because a br- wrestling bro mm. had just kind of catcalled me from the stage and I'm trapped in a ring like it's like and you're a, about to do something vulnerable anyway yeah 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 like the po- poetry is all my, my poetry is all be quite high energy anyway but like it uh, do, leaning into silly voice and leaning into fucking around, mm. like there was a raw slap of career of like not charisma of like um, adrenaline or something from that. I'll never, I'll never forget it. And I don't know how. And now I can't fucking do anything like that. Now <laughs> right. I, I, I'm sick for two days. If I've stand on the stage, I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, it stresses me out so badly. But back then, I was well. Just I, I understand what that energy exchange mm. that you're talking about feels like. I just have lost the receptors, you know. But there will always be moments where we get to feel like Jack Black. Maybe that's the closest I've ever come to get to feeling like. Oh, he's totally his a energy Jack is Black. totally aspirational. You know? oh, yeah. It's just it the it's I guess it's kind of like um, his unfaltering like belief. Yeah, it's like a shuttle takeoff. You know, you need so much energy to take off, <laughs> right. but then once you're in orbit, mm-hmm. you're just not falling. Yeah, so that just fir- not falling. <laughs> that first like shimmy or high kick or like funny voice is the takeoff. And once you're up there. Once you've gotten up there and it's been racked, right. okay, you can maintain it. But that first bit is vital. Like it's uh, mostly impossible on yeah. day to day basis, I think, for most people. The yeah. first time I ever sung live as a band, I think we did a cover of uh, it was the Jam, my town called Malice, mm. and I just like went four octaves way too high. So <gasps> yeah. out of the gate, squeaky voice. Oh no! Oh, and in a way, I guess it was so bad. It was like, well, how worse can it get? And it was. <laughs> yeah. Almost that takeoff moment. Yeah. Not a positive thing, but like, a, oh God. <laughs> well, I'm up here now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, Learning yeah. something new and terrible about yourself in front <laughs> of a large audience. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> love it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Sean, tell us about your things. Where, Where can we, we find, find you? you? Um, all over the internet. I have one username. It's at drawboyshawnee. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I have a website with my portfolio on it. Yeah. And, oh, Trump is still available? Yeah, I make um illustrations and zines and comics and I make a zine called Jump and I'm working on a third one right now cool very excited about that I I own and enjoy both Mm. Jump 1 and 2 uh, Sarah where we find you Uh, I'm at Griffsky on Twitter at Sarah Griffsky on Instagram Um, I uh, write books also um, Other Words for Smoke is my most recent one Um, you should pick it up I think it's not terrible I think it's amazing Uh, thank you (laughs) oh my goodness so uh, yes it is my whole my whole terrible beating heart um, in a bunch of pages so if you would like something to read for the summer that's about summer um, 
you should read my horrible haunted house novel. Alan, where can we find you online? You can find me at Alan underscore McGuire, uh, all the places. And you can find us at Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter and Juvenalia pod on Instagram, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we should probably roll our outro real quick while we're at it. Or yeah, we, we, let's just keep going. Yeah, yeah. 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 We just, we're, we're nearly at the end. So. Yeah, so our Patreon is still there. It's still a thing. It's $1 so a month or $5 a month. everybody who is... Um, already uh, subscribed that is fucking cool we really appreciate you yeah and thank you to Dee McDonald for artwork thank you to Cassie Delaney and Tall Tales for hosting us and producing us and listen to other Tall Tales podcasts like the Creep Dive and Mother Pod and I think that's everything that's us that's it yeah. thank you so much Sean already thanks, thanks. Sean thanks, bye guys. everybody bye